This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. We have a great show planned for tonight. College game day will be in Lincoln this Saturday as Ohio State comes to town. We'll talk about that matchup. Uh, but first, we need to talk about the come-from-behind victory against Illinois this past weekend where the Huskers won 42-38. to Derek, what are your thoughts on this game? Oh, man, this was probably the most exciting game of the season so far. It didn't go quite the way any of us planned, but what a way to finish a game. What a way to watch a game. It was fun. I... I know, Justin, I know you disagree with me. I know you just hated this game, but a win's a win. And I, I tell you what, my blood was boiling through half the, half the game, and it was just cool as common for the other, the other half. Every time you thought Nebraska was out of it, they came back and made a touchdown. Every time you thought Nebraska was going to come back, they got a touchdown. And then finally we did come back and ran 98 plays. How amazing is that? Wow. Tyler, you were in San Diego for this game uh, on vacations. What would you think? Well, I had the chance of watching this game at uh, Duck Dive Bar, a Husker watch site. They made their own runzas. It was great. And then I spent the first half drinking whiskey, pissed off. I was all hell because I, I thought we were going to lose to Illinois. Um, you, you know, I think when you look at this game at kind of a little bit more of a macro level, I think one of the things this does is it proves that Scott Frost can win the close game. And games that were decided by a touchdown – uh, prior to this, I, I believe we were one in six. Um, I think going through the games last year, it was one in six and one possession games. Um, the only victory we had prior to this was the Michigan State game, where we uh, won nine to six. So I think this was a huge game in the sense of winning a close game. This was also the first game we had won on the road under the Scott Frost era. So you, we can say a lot about. You know, it's Illinois, and it, it wasn't good. And we're going to break down the ins and out of that game here in a second. But I think when you look at the macro, the ability of winning a close game on the road, this is just something we haven't done under Scott Frost. So I think this is a big step forward for this program. Agreed. Derek, what did you think about the offense? Kind of a tale of two halves, right? Ah, I don't know, was it? When we had two turnovers in the first half, two turnovers in the second half. We moved the ball well in the first half. We didn't score a lot, but we moved the ball well. Uh, second half, we moved the ball at will. Their defense just completely got wore out and couldn't do anything in that second half to stop us. Uh, I, I, I Overall, I thought we played pretty decent offensively other than the turnovers and penalties, which kind of went all over the board. I mean, it was offense, defense, special teams again seemed to kill us. Uh uh, guys, we got to figure something out special teams. I know we were talking about offense here, but, man, we got to figure something out special teams. I'm sure we'll get to that, though. So, on the offensive side of the ball, Adrian Martinez, he definitely looked like two different people. Uh, when he came out in the second half, he just he it just seemed like he, uh, when he ran the ball, he had that extra step. I mean, he was a little bit more decisive, a little bit quicker. His throws just seemed to be a little bit on target. He had a pretty good third quarter passing the ball. Uh, I don't know. He, he he looked he looked better. I thought that the offense just kind of took it to that next level in the second half, where 
they kind of stubbed their toe a little bit in the first half, I thought. Tyler, do you agree? You, you know, it's funny you talk about Adrian Martinez because there are people out there talking about you needed to bench him going into halftime. And and I, I you know, I sit there and I, I look at Adrian Martinez and statistically the guy is playing well throughout the year. Um, I mean, there's no denying it. And I'll just look at the first half of that game. He played okay. It, he wasn't dominating, but he wasn't doing well enough, I would say, to get benched. The problem with Adrian Martinez is he's just a little bit off. You know, a lot of things are people are making of his running, his indecisiveness in his running. And I think yeah. we've all looked at this stutter step. I think the reality is when this happens, he's probably not going anywhere anyways. I mean, these are usually busted plays where I think he just doesn't know, do I juke, do I try to run him over? And he's tripping over his own, own feet. But I don't know if he's making a big play out of these anyway. Hit Passing the ball, I think he's doing overall a pretty good job. But I think you look at his statistics, um, you know, throwing the ball in the first half, he completed 11 of 21 for 167 yards. I mean, that that's not great, but that's not awful either. But the problem is he's just a little bit high on every ball. I, he's really close to being excellent, very close to being an all-American quarterback. He, right now, that's just how I define him. He's playing a little bit off. Go ahead, Derek. I tend to agree with you a little bit, Tyler. And I think part of the problem, especially with this game, we kind of went back to the South Alabama problems. The, the snaps were all high. He's jumping for the ball every time. And I think that took away some of his reads, especially in that first half. Uh, you know, that first fumble that we had was uh, was on Adrian Martinez. And I'm not saying it wasn't his fault, but the ball was snapped very high. and He had to jump very high to get it. And then he went to go hand the ball off or do a read. I'm not sure exactly which way that was supposed to go. But at any rate, the running back didn't think he was supposed to have the ball. The quarterback didn't think he was supposed to have the ball. And it was just ended up being a completely broken play where I think a lot of that, that high snap had to account for that. And it was seemed to be another problem again that Cam Jurgens has got to figure that snaps out again. Well, you know, it, it's it, – go ahead. I was just going to say, just kind of putting a little bow on this. Adrian Martinez right now is the only player in the country with 1,000 yards passing and over 200 yards rushing. Take that for whatever you will, but the guy is not playing terribly. And and people are acting like he's a bum out there. It it just, it blows me away. So, you you look at some of his stats compared to last year. I mean, he had, he's he's got a touchdown interception ratio right now of 7 to 2. So about three and a half to one, and last year he was at seventeen to eight, which is barely over two to one. So I mean, his, his touchdown to interception ratio is better so far this year. We haven't and to played have seven touchdowns. Yet. We haven't played anybody I, yet, though. I mean, it's against weak competition. Really, we well, didn't play anybody in the first four games last year, hardly, and still got didn't look much better. I, I mean, I know, but this is second time in the offense, second year in the offense. Uh, la- look, last I'm not last year, last. Last year, he averaged 58 or 57 yards a uh, uh, game running. He's averaging 58 and a half this year. I mean, th- th- the numbers are up for him. They're just not where we expected him to be as improved as everybody thought he was going to be. So, Justin, what do you think about his performance so far? I thought he looked so far. I don't think he's. I don't think he's hit that part where he was as uh, effective last year. I thought over the last few games in the second half of the season last year, I thought he was better. Than what he is now, I, I, 
and you know, I kind of expected a little bit more out of him. Uh, he just doesn't seem as uh, crisp and clean as what we thought he would be coming into the second year. Uh, we we heard all about the the uh, you know the huge strides he made in the off season, and so I guess maybe I had higher expectations. Right now, he hasn't met it. Uh, r- running the ball, you know, I, I talked I talked about that. He looked better in the second half, and I don't know if we've seen him run the ball that well. Uh, all year long until this Illinois game when he had to. When it came down to crunch time, he, he damn sure performed. Uh, I kind of thought there in the second half, and I think I told you this, Derek, I was like, he doesn't even look like the uh, best quarterback in the game there uh, for periods there in the first half. Uh, you know, which, which I honestly thought was ridiculous because Peters never looked good in that game at all. Well, w- w- one thing about uh, – Adrian Martinez in his throws. You know, J.D. Spielman had a hell of a game. He had one hell of a game. He had seven catches for 160 yards. Uh, but Adrian Martinez needs to get some of his throws down because J.D. Spielman is not going to make it the entire year with those high throws. I mean, there was uh, – J.D. Spielman got crunched at least three times. Uh, Wondell Robinson, he's going to get crunched. I mean, look, we're not, de- we're not deep enough at wide receiver to be putting those guys in jeopardy like that. I mean, those guys are bailing Adrian Martinez out big time with those great spectacular catches, but he needs to—he just needs to get them down. That's that's my take. Well, I think it, you know what. As far as JD Spielman went, it didn't matter where Adrian Martinez put that ball; he got hammered all game long. He put it right in the bread basket on the on the bump ball he fumbled, and he still got hammered. He put it in his bread basket a few other times, and the guy just got took a lot of big hits. That's in that fine. Game. That, that, that's and, fine. That's football, but. But putting him at risk. So, so know, is high throws. High throws is in football. That's part of it. That's something I'll, I'll, that the coach. It, it happens control. in the pros. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, I will tell you this: if Illinois plays like they did against us, and I'm not saying Illinois is a great team, but if they play like they did against us with that physicality, they're going to upset someone this year. I'm not saying they're going bowling. I'm not doing all this, but that Illinois team, especially on the defensive side, they weren't good. We did anything we wanted, but man, they made us pay. Uh, I, I, I think you got to give some kudos to them. And overall, I think when you look at this offense of the game, I think if I was looking at a red flag is we need to get someone else involved. I mean, 90% of our offensive production was done by Adrian Martinez running, Maurice Washington, J.D. Spielman, and Wondell Robinson. Guys, I that's not sustainable. That is not sustainable this year if we have four guys contributing on offense. And that's how it's been this whole year. It's been those four guys. Dedrick Mills has been in there a little bit, but he's a damn liability right now with fumbles. But, guys, we have got to get someone else involved in this offense, if not two guys. Exactly. All right, uh, let's, we've got to move on to the defense side of the ball. Uh, Derek, what are your thoughts on the defense here? Uh, you, you know, I'm re- I really surprised you didn't bring up more Wondell Robinson. That's right. I just got hammered on Twitter about that. But, uh you know, as far as defense goes, I thought they played a good game. Hell, they only gave up 299 yards, 78 yards passing. The running game scared me a little bit. I, I they, they got to the edge, and they really kind of got some big runs on us, especially that 66-yard run right at the beginning of the game on the second play of the game. And, you know, that's something our defense hasn't given up all year, and all of a sudden we're just giving up these big chunk plays on the run. But overall, I thought they played pretty good. 
I, I think our offense with the fumbles put them in a bad spot as far as scoring went. Uh, but again, overall, I thought they played really well for for the situation they kept getting put into. All right, Derek. Uh, well, Tyler, before we get to you, uh, Derek brought it up about his thoughts on Wendell Robinson. He said uh, a week or two back that he thought Wendell Robinson should redshirt. Derek, do you still feel that today? Well, of course not. But when I said that, first off, I said if he continues to play the way he did after that Colorado game where he did absolutely nothing, and he did absolutely nothing in the South Alabama game, and really, relatively speaking, he did nothing in the Northern Illinois game. But now that if he can continue to produce what he did against Illinois, of course we should be playing him. Also, part of why I brought that up was – and I should have probably made this a little more clear when I said it, was it was after the Colorado game. And, Justin, you had texted us, and I know nobody could see our text, but you had texted us about how six wins was going to be a struggle and the season was pretty much over. And So I was talking more, if, we, if that's the way the season's going to go, if we're not going to win any more games than that, then you just will save him, especially with him doing no more than what he has done. I mean, I, I got some stats written down on this guy. Uh, the first – Three games, he had 30 yards rushing and 116 yards uh, receiving and no touchdowns. And this one game alone, he had 168 total yards and three touchdowns. So, yeah, if I, if I could see more of that out of him, of course we should be playing him. Okay. All right, uh, Tyler, let's get back to the defense. Thoughts? Well, that was a nice little detour, Justin. Uh, I'm glad you're having this buzz right off a cliff. Uh <laughs> I, you know, I, Derek, I disagree with you. This was the worst the defense has looked to me all year. I mean, we gave up over 5.8 yards a carry on the ground. Um, we we gave up in the air. I thought we did pretty well against a pretty good quarterback in Brandon Peters. The, the reason Pretty well. We only gave up 78 yards, dude. The, 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 the reason why we played as well as we did was time of possession. We took that ball from them, and we had it the whole game. We will not have another game this year, mark my words, that we beat the other team in time of possession by 15 minutes. It ain't going to happen, guys. And and if I was going to give kudos to the defense, if I will, and again, the worst performance of the year in my opinion, but they went 1 for 12 on third down. They made the plays when they had to to get them off the field and get us the ball back. But again, I mean, I, I thought... That they were able to do what they wanted to do running the ball against us. We did not get pressure on Brandon Peters. Uh, I mean, the guy, I mean, he dropped back 22 times. We sacked him twice. Not overly impressive. I thought that that was an area where we could exploit them this year, this week. Um, they were bottom in the NCAA in sacks uh, allowed. I mean, I, I just, I felt that our defense underperformed this game. Go ahead, Derek. Well, okay. First off, I want to kind of get back into what you talked about the third downs. Because that one for 12 on third downs was very impressive. Uh, this this team was 51% third down conversions, which was 21st in the country. So it wasn't like they weren't converting third downs. And we come in here and just completely shut them down. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, it, that was, I mean, that was impressive. And, and late in the game, I mean, you look at the. We only gave up 14 first downs the whole game. I, I get impressive. it. Impressive. I, I mean, I get it. I mean, we played, we played well. Um, you know, going in the fourth quarter, they had three drives. 
and one led in a field goal and two or three and outs for them. I, I get. I think at the end of the game we played well, but and, you can't tell me well, well, you can't tell me giving up 221 yards on a ground against Illinois is impressive. If you would have told, if you would have went into this game and said that's what we're gonna do, you thought we'd lose. They played that game not to lose. Illinois thought they won the game. You look at what they did going in the halftime. They were so passive. Okay, they they were content running the ball on us, and they were having success. I think if they would have opened up that playbook a little bit more and let Brandon Peters try, I think they would have had a little bit more success, and they may have been able to beat us. But they kept letting us in that game and kept putting us in that uh, situation. And before I give it back to Derek, I just want to point out it, it it's completely evident going into that fourth quarter that the the last drive or the second to last drive in quarter in fourth quarter it was run up the middle run up the middle and and then a pass incomplete out of Brandon Peters. I mean, they were not being aggressive until they had to be late in the game. Uh, that is when they finally started to, and it was too late. They were passive, and that's why we got the advantage. I, I disagree completely. The reason they weren't passing was because he was 9 of 21 passing. He was terrible. So why would you keep throwing? He couldn't complete a pass. He was terrible in the passing game all game long. Uh, to move second off, you you say he was they were so passive, but yet they ran right up the they ran all over us in that third quarter on the first drive and got a touchdown right in the opening drive in the third quarter. All right, I mean, so why wouldn't you keep running? You do what's successful. All right, we got to move on, guys. We got to move on. Let's talk about special teams here. Special teams continues to be a disaster. How, how long are we gonna have to put up with this stuff? I, I mean, I proposed last week we need to start looking at going for two. We need to start looking at going for no. two and be more aggressive. I mean, I, I, you could tell me how many extra points and the other one was blocked and yada, yada. I have no confidence in our kicking game. Zero. And if you guys sit there and tell me we, whenever we kick the ball, you're sitting there with confidence, you're full of shit. We're not. We, you have no confidence right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. Derek? Oh, well, I'm with you, but I'm not willing to go two points every time. That's how you lose games. What about and you, as far as how long are we have to deal with this? We have to deal with it until we get a kicker in here, until either Dylan Jorgensen, who hopefully can be better, or until Barrett Pickering comes back, we're in trouble. Even on the kickoffs, our kickoffs were atrocious. He was kicking line drives to the five yard line, giving them huge returns because because our our guys couldn't get downfield to try and make a tackle. Yeah. Our extra point got blocked. Our field goal. You know, and and this wasn't all on our kicker because he made the twenty-two yarder, the chip shot that should have been counted. But we had to get a damn false start penalty on it, and he had to go back five yards and do it again. So you get in his head, and he got in his head, and he boinked it off the damn upright. So I, it's not all on the kicker, Tyler. Like some some of this is on the on the line, not doing their job too. It's on special teams. And and you talked about kickoffs. We gave up 158 yards on kickoff returns. I, I think when you look at this game, everyone looks at the reasons why we could have lost being turnovers and penalties. Uh, that right there is a huge difference. That's 140 more yards than we got on kickoffs. I mean, I, I that's a huge change in the game. I mean, I don't know what that did for their average start of possession off of kickoffs, but doing rough math there, I mean, that's an extra... 10 to 15 yards every time they kick it off. I mean, th- that's a huge change in the game. And I-, I think you go to special teams. And, Derek, I get it's not just our kicker. I don't want to b- 
bury any of these kids, but man, we need an edge come Saturday against Ohio State. That might be it. That might be the edge we need. I don't think Frost will do it, but that might be the edge we need. That's almost like a desperation move there, but uh, let's let's get uh, t- let's talk about Ohio State. But first, let's take a quick time out to hear from another great Big Heads Media podcast. I'm Midnight Agent Raw. And I'm Okami. We are the Super Media Bros Podcast. Each week, we give a comedically informative take on movies, music, television, video games, and much more. Put your shades on and listen to all episodes on SuperMediaBrosPodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, shades on. We're off. And we're back. All right. Let's talk Ohio State now. The number five ranked Buckeyes roll into Lincoln as 18 point favorites. They're 4 0 and have been destroying everybody so far this year. So, uh, college game day, they're going to be in Lincoln, guys. Uh, Tyler, are you excited? Hell yeah. I was at the last time college game day was in Lincoln. It was 2006, I believe. I was living off of 14th and F Street. Me and my roommates made a drink called Skip and Go Naked and had a party at our house. I made a shirt that uh, signed for a Curb Herb streak that said uh, the 95 Huskers were the best team of all time because he had just bashed us on the huddle. College game day coming to Lincoln is a great thing, and it's a shame it's been that long since it's been there. That was 2007. Do you remember the actual game itself, though? USC, and we got hammered. 35-10, to 10, I think, is what it was. Something like that. It was brutal. We had Marlon Lucky, though. I remember that. Martin Lucky was our five-star <laughs> from California. God, oh, yeah. we had high hopes from him. Hey, it helped us get rid of Bill Callahan, so I guess it is what it is. Derek, what do you think about game day coming to Lincoln? Ah, I, I really have mixed emotions. I, I, I don't have mixed emotions. I really have no emotions about it. It's cool. I, I think it's it'll be fun for the fans. I'm really hoping maybe it'll put a fire in the fans' asses, and by the time I get in the stadium and everything's going on, that they'll be really fired up. But... At the end of the day, whatever. I don't care. I think it's cool because it doesn't happen very often. I mean, not every day game day is covering a Nebraska game. So, you know, watching college game day and then, you know, with uh, Lincoln in the background, I, I think that's pretty da- pretty darn cool, you know. Uh, yeah, I just hope it ends well. Uh, we got a great recruiting weekend as well. A lot of recruits. Derek, tell us about those. All right. So I, we do have a ton of recruits coming in. Uh, the guys coming in on official visits, we have uh, four-star, almost five-star Turner Corker, and he's already committed. Logan Smothers, who's also already committed. Uh, outside linebacker Jackson Bratton, who's actually committed to Alabama right now. Uh, so this is a big one. I, I think we could, if we could steal this guy away, it would be huge. Uh, another four-star outside linebacker in Caden Johnson, a four-star uh, cornerback in Darian Green Warren, a four-star wide receiver in LV Bunkley Shelton out of California. He's supposed to be one of the be- best receivers coming out of California this year. Uh, a three-star defensive tackle Marquise Black, another uh, another three-star linebacker in Rodney Gross, three-star defensive back Ronald Delancey. Sorry, I apologize for butchering your name. Uh, we have an offensive tackle in Chandler Durham, who's actually unranked right now. 
uh, unofficial visits. Uh, I think all these guys are committed in Sevian Morris and Nash, uh, Nash Hutt, Huttmacher, Blaze Gunnerson, and Alex Cohn. Uh, we got five guys coming in from the 2021 class and four star outside linebacker TJ Bowlers, four star outside linebacker Travian Ford, a quarter, a three star quarterback in Santino Mar- Marucci, four star offensive tackle Teddy Prochaska. Sorry, I, I see some of these names are tough. Uh, three star linebacker Seth Malcolm. So I mean, there's uh, there's a lot of guys coming in for this game, and that's if there's one thing I'm excited for college game day to be here is it's like going to be a hell of a recruiting uh, help for us. So hopefully we can pick up some uh, commits this weekend, especially with some of these four stars coming in. We're sitting at eleven commits now, right? Yes. Tyler, any thoughts on these recruits? Well, you know, we, we've got our maybe future quarterback in Logan Smothers, uh, probably or be- not probably, or easily our best cr- recruit in Turner, uh, Turner coming to town, and uh, the polar bear Nash coming to town. The guy I want them to get in the ear of is L.V. Bunkley. I, I know Derek and me have argued about what we need in positions, but, man, I want this wide receiver. He's the 194th wide receiver, uh, player in the country, the number 34th wide receiver. I am really high on what he can do. Looking at his thing, the guy is pretty athletic and fast. Um, they, they have him recorded about a four six forty, but a really really quick shuttle. Um, I mean, he is five ten. He can probably go up to six foot. Maybe some people are having him, but man, I, I'll tell you, um, I, I am really high on him, and he would be one of the better recruits we have in this class. That's the guy I want the peer recruiting to win. If we get him come Monday or Tuesday, man, not nothing will be so bad in Husker Nation. Well, let me be clear. I I, I get where you're coming from, Tyler. Like if you can get this style of receiver and this high ranked of a receiver, yeah, all by all means, you're not going to turn him down. I I don't know that we necessarily need a wide receiver, but you're definitely not turning this guy down. We're playing three wide receivers right now. We need more wide receivers. <laughs> we need receivers. wide receivers. Agreed. We no, need we them. need our wide receivers developed and playing the, the way they should be playing. Well, That's what we need. Maybe maybe we're lacking uh, the coaching there for development then. Uh, but something Ooh, needs to happen. Hot take alert. Hot hey, take some, alert. Something needs to happen, guys. I mean, we keep loading up with these young guys, and they're just sitting on the shelf. Uh, you know, Javon Woodyard, you know? This guy's a senior, man. He's he's not there. I don't think he traveled to Illinois. I think he's injured. This is the thing that Frost is pointing stuff to so close to the vest. I I heard he didn't go to Illinois. I don't know if that's true, but I I, I worry about injuries and what we know about what's going on with this team. Well, especially when you talk about injury. I mean, you talk about injuries. You talk about Wondell Robinson, who I heard practices so far this week, but you know he was banged up. Didn't come out in the second half. Uh, Diedrich Mills was banged up a little bit there. Uh, who else? I, uh, ben Stilley had to leave and go back to the, the locker room at one point. Maurice Washington was hurt. That's who I meant, Maurice Washington. Sorry, I messed him up. He's the one that didn't come out after halftime. Who did I say? Wondell. Oh, I'm sorry. Obviously, he came out. He had a, he had an awesome second half. But Cam, but Cam Taylor Britt's injured. I mean, we just don't know what's going on with this team. And, I mean, we've been waiting for Cade Warner to come back. God, I, I mean, we keep hearing he's close. He's getting close. We don't even know what was wrong with him. I, 
I love Dude. Scott Frost. I, I, but this drives me crazy as someone that you want to call that comments on Husker football. I mean, it drives me crazy. Do you guys remember there was a time when uh, Zach Duvall came in and we're talking about the strength and conditioning program and all those injuries were going to go away? And now we can't even keep freaking kickers healthy. I mean, just everybody's just getting dinged up and... I think fair. it's just kind of fun. It's, it's funny, though. I mean, that's, what, we don't that's know the whole conversation. No. Barrett Pickering could have dropped a weight on his foot and broke it. That has nothing to do with strength and conditioning. What sucks is we don't know what's happening to these guys. Well, it kind, kind of does. Of to do strength conditioning. <laughs> Where's the spotter at? Where's the spotter at? He dropped a five-pound son. Is, whatever. But no, I, I just think it's Why kind of funny. Why is he working his biceps anyway? Yeah. No, I just think it's funny. No, because I, I, I do tend to agree it. It is. It does get a little annoying that we can't get any kind of injury report out of Scott Frost. Like, it, you're not hurting anybody. I mean, just tell us what's going on. I, I just. I, I don't need him to be 100% transparent. I don't need that. That's a. That's a competitive disadvantage if you're being that much disadvantage. But I'm telling you, I am tired of hearing that Cade Warner is getting close to playing. I don't know what that means. Barrett Pickering. It sounds like he's improving. He's not in pads. I don't know what the. I don't know where he's at. Did he? Is he out for the season? Well, I mean, what's going on with these guys? And and again, at the end of the day, does this make any difference? As long as we win on Saturdays, no. But man, it sure sucks to do this when you have no idea who's going out in the field. You're right. And being on special teams, when you see them stubbing their toe, game in, game out, over the same thing, and you know. Hey, coach, how's uh, Barrett Pickering doing? Getting close. What does that mean? Well, it, I mean, you're right, Tyler. It is frustrating. It's not like we're using any of this information to gamble and, you know, to make our bets or anything, but are we? Uh, Justin, the gene. By the, the way, the, just so you know, the reason why the game was so close is because Justin made the kiss of death and bet on Nebraska. So that's why Saturday turned out the way it did. True statement. Hey, you know True what? Statement. There's no reason in hell that Nebraska should have been playing within 14 points of Illinois. Shouldn't have happened. It should not have happened. That was supposed to be a gimme. All right. Let's get we, into Ohio State. Yeah, we got it. We got it. Let's, uh, Derek, give us the breakdown on Ohio State. Uh, what's there to break down right now? Like, you look at the stats, it's a, just – they dominate everything on the stat sheet according to the stats matchup. I will also say I don't think they've been tested yet. Uh, the best team they've played is probably Cincinnati, who's a group of five team. I, I know somebody's going to sit here and go, oh, well, Cincinnati's pretty good. They beat UCLA. Ah, bullshit. UCLA sucks. Uh, so I, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not buying into the Cincinnati as a decent team. FAU is a terrible team. Indiana, they they're three and one, sure, but their wins are against uh, Ball State, Eastern Illinois, and UConn. And I, I'm just not I'm not convinced that they've been tested at all yet. So they, I mean they they are dominating the stat sheet right now, and they should be against the teams that they've played. Uh, now I, I mean Justin, you're going to make the argument. Well, Nebraska hasn't really played anybody yet either. Uh, okay, I, I would say Colorado's probably a better team than they've played all year. Although we lost, but I mean, either way, I think I think we're more tested than they are. And I think that is one thing that can help us out a lot. Well, 
Yeah, because they haven't been tested. They haven't been tested at all. They've been blowing out everybody. In fact... Because uh, they haven't played anybody. Dude, we haven't played anybody either. And three of these teams that we've played, and it's the four easiest games on our schedule, three of them have been games that go into the fourth quarter. Ohio State, they're disposing of all of their opponents early in the first half. And the first half... Uh, against FAU, they were up 28-3. Cincinnati, 28-0. Uh, against Indiana, 30-10. And Miami of Ohio, 49-5. They're going to get to it off to a fast start, and then they're going to go into cruise control mode while they beat you by you know, another 40, 50 points. Nebraska's not doing that. So, they, they also haven't faced a balanced offense yet. Like They, they haven't even faced an offense that can run the ball. The best team that can run the ball is uh, Cincinnati, who's 63rd in the country. You know where the other three rankings in running the ball? 118th, 102nd, 124th. Like, they've played nobody who can run the ball. They played Indiana, who can pass the ball well, but that's all they can do. Okay. They haven't played a balanced offense yet. All right. Tyler, uh, what are your thoughts on this Ohio State team? I mean, over the last three games – Ohio State has won by an average margin of victory of 51 points. Okay. They have the number three offense, the number three scoring defense. I mean, or scoring offense, scoring defense. I mean, they're a complete team right now. I I, I mean, there is nothing. I mean, to to try to find a weakness of what they have done through five or the first four games is almost impossible. Uh, I mean, if you want to point out a weakness, I, I mean, I guess you could you would say their fourth down defense, where they're 116th in the country, because probably everyone's going against them and they're playing their backups at that point. I mean, they, they are a very complete team right now. Justin Fields is playing at a Heisman t- caliber level. I'm not saying he's going to win it, but he's playing at a Heisman caliber level. They can run the ball, they can pass the ball. Uh, I, I, I just they're, they're a great team. That is one stat Nebraska does beat them in is passing yards per game. Well, not passing efficiency where they're fifth in the country. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, their yards aren't that big because they're not passing after halftime. Derek? That's fine. <laughs> I mean, I, look, okay, we can we can all sit here and just shit on Nebraska and go, okay, we're going to get hammered. I'm trying to find some good things to say, like – yeah, I mean, there's one stat that we beat them in is passing yards per game. Okay, so let me ask you this, Derek. In what part of the game does Nebraska have an advantage over Nebraska? Or, I mean, over Ohio State? Ah, again, it's, it, if you're looking at stats, it's tough to find them. No, just, just looking at I, tape, man. I mean, where do you think that Nebraska look, Looking at tape, I, I think the fact that we're battle-tested, I think, helps us. I think the home field advantage helps us. I think college game day being there and getting the crowd even more riled up probably helps us a little bit. I think uh, they haven't, like I said, they haven't faced a running a, a team that can run the ball yet. We've been running the ball pretty well, and you know, Justin, you talk about our, how bad our offense is, but they've improved week by week by week. Uh, so I, I I expect even more improvement this week. Maybe not in the stat sheet, but I expect improvement. Derek, do you think that Nebraska can run up the middle against Ohio State? Probably not, but if they can get the edge and you can get Maurice Washington out there, God knows what he can do. Tyler, where do you see Nebraska have an advantage over Ohio State? 
you know, Derek talked about it. it. It comes down to the atmosphere of Memorial Stadium in this defense. So three time the the last three times we've had home games in Memorial Stadium, we've given up eight, twenty-one, and six. The South Alabama games when we gave up twenty-one points the first time this season, and that was largely due to um you know the the turnovers and what we did on offense that put us in bad position. Our defense has been dominant the last three appearances in Memorial Stadium. In fact, if you look at the uh, average points per game over the last five games in Memorial Stadium, we've given up on average less than 24 points. So we, we've done a very nice job at being good at home at, on defense. I, I think when you look at what Ohio State has done on offense, this is an area where I think we are going to test them more than they've been tested. They will not put up 50 points against us. They are not going to put up 45 points against us. We will do a much better job with that atmosphere of throwing Justin Fields off. He is not big t- game tested yet. And I like our defensive line. I got a hard time last week about saying we have the best defensive line in the Big Ten. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I overshot that. Maybe we don't. I still think we have a good defensive line. I think we've got the defensive playmakers to show up in this type of atmosphere on home field and at least slow them down. We're not going to hold them to 20, but we can slow them down to some sort of capacity. Uh, Derek, what will Nebraska have to do to win this game? Uh, Win the turnover battle, I think. And that's something we've done well at home. We have not done well on the road. Uh, you know, at home, we've only given the ball away three times. We've taken the ball away seven times. So I think that Nebraska needs to continue that trend and keep winning that turnover battle. And, and I know everyone's going to say, well, yeah, but uh, Justin Fields hasn't turned the ball over all year yet. Well, time comes. You ain't going to be perfect all year. And I think, like Tyler says, if that defensive line and we can get Alex Davis in that backfield haunting him a little bit, he can make some bad decisions. He's still a young quarterback. Tyler? Last year against Ohio State, we caused six fumbles. Okay? I I don't know what's going to happen here. We only recovered two of them, but we caused six fumbles last year. Lamar Jackson had a nice interception. We all remember last year. We played with them on the road. I think this team looks at this game and they are not intimidated by Ohio State. They are not intimidated by this team because they looked at last year and they said, damn it, we should have beat them. And we've seen us cause plays against this team before. Again, I I think that we're out here and our defense um, is going to play really well. Again, for us to win this game, I think it's going to come down to does Adrian Martinez... The little bit off that I was talking about, he's been good. He's been borderline great. But, man, he needs to be every bit of what we hope for for us to win this game. He's got to go in there against Justin Fields, and he's got to play better than him. He's got to outduel Justin Fields for us to win this game. That's the only thing that I think we can do to win this. Yeah, I agree with you guys. You know, turnovers, penalties. We need to get after Justin Fields, you know, make him uncomfortable there in the pocket. But you know what scares me, guys? He's mobile. He can run, man. And Nebraska does not fare well against mobile quarterbacks. And I think he can do just enough to really hurt us. Uh, But another part where I think that Nebraska uh, 
what, what they need to do to win this game is we talked about special teams. They need to unfuck themselves on un, on special teams. Really, we just really have to find out who can kick a damn ball, uh, who you can trust to kick a thirty yard field goal if you need to. But I can't. I don't know in a game like this. And and you know what? Maybe maybe. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe the answer is on fourth and five from the 25. You just have to go for it to get those points. Don't don't settle for three. Because I think this is this is probably going to be a game where you can't leave any touchdowns out there. So I don't know. Maybe maybe the kicker isn't too much of a thing. Here I am going circles and circles about the kickers, but that does worry me. Well, let me just say, I think another thing Nebraska's got to do, and we haven't done this all year, so I don't know why I think we're going to, we have got to get more versatile with who we play. I, I think guys like Austin Allen and Kurt Raftall, these guys are mismatches. We've got to play them. Wando Robinson showed last week that he can do a lot, but we've got to use him right. I, I don't think his speed is going to translate against Ohio State like it did against uh Illinois because Ohio State's faster I, I mean I, I I look for guys like I mentioned the two tight ends I mentioned Jack Stoll being more involved um, I would like to see Wyatt Missouri in this game I, I I just if Frost is going out there and with the objective that he's going to play four guys and beat Ohio State I don't think that we're going to win this game I just don't think that the guys that we've been playing this year is enough I think they'll be tired. I think they'll be beat up by the end of the game. I don't know what the status of Maurice Washington health-wise is. I this this is, has to be a team victory for us to win with a great Adrian Martinez. That's the recipe. It is, and, and we can't allow Ohio State to get out to that quick start. I was talking about those first uh, the, the first half scores. There, they've been outscoring opponents one thirty-five to eighteen in the first half. Man, we just we cannot get behind against these guys. I don't know about you guys. I I don't feel comfortable putting Adrian Martinez in must pass situations against Ohio State. These are going to be the best athletes that we've played so far this year. The athletes that they Ohio State has, we haven't seen anything like that on any defense that uh, we've played so far. Uh, that's something we got to do. The flip side of that coin is this is the best. Probably the best athletes they've faced all year as well. Uh, even Indiana were playing their backup quarterback when they played them. So, th- this Adrian Martinez is damn sure the best quarterback they've faced all year. Yeah. Uh, Wondell Robinson and, and Maurice Washington are probably the two best uh, duck R guys or whatever you want to call them, where they can play wide receiver or running back. They're probably the, the most el- elusive uh, athletes they've faced all year. Uh, J.D. Spielman's always had good games against uh, Ohio State. So you hope, even if they try to shut down Ohio, uh, the, you know, Wondell Robinson and J.D. Spielman in a passing game, you hope that, again, Tyler, you're right. Somebody else needs to step up. I, I think Jack Stoll, this is a big game for him. I think he is a good target to get to. Now, J.K. Dobbins, he's like fifth or sixth in the country in rushing yards so far. How can we corral this guy? Don't let him get to the outside. Keep keep run. Keep keep at him. I, I don't know how Reggie Corbin got to the outside so easily in the first half of that game, but that second half we corralled him in the, in the backfield on most of the runs of the outside. 
those linebackers need to contain their contain themselves and keep to the outside. And if he tries to get outside, shut him down. Uh, he's a little more of a power back than uh, Reggie Corbin is, so I think he's going to be more of an up the up the middle guy. And right now, we've done for the most part this year a pretty good job at stopping up the up the runs up the middle. Tyler, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. Again, it's it's so hard looking at the film because it doesn't look like he has a weakness. I will tell you, I've been pretty impressed. I thought Colin Miller just had his best game in the season last week. Um, you know, Muhammad Barry has been you know a try and true player for us, and this is a big game for him. Uh, again, I, I go back to I think Derek, you're right. We can't let him outside, and that involves their defensive line winning some battles there, clogging the middle, and hopefully we can stop them uh, again. it's going to be the atmosphere and the emotion. I do believe you, you can't tell me watching that game last year at Ohio state that Ohio state is light years ahead of us. I just, I don't believe it. I I mean, we went to Columbus and played them down to the wire in at at home with how much is on the line. This game, I, I do think we show up for this game. All right, well, I want to skip the question, how do you envision this game playing out? I want to move that to the score prediction contest for this show here. So uh, let's get into the games of the week. Uh, These are games picked straight up. Uh, Tyler, give us the updated standings. Well, congrats, Justin. You went uh, uh, 6-0 last week. Damn, um, that's right. So, so you are now in the solo lead at 19-5 on the season. So great job there. I'm right behind you at an 18 and six, and Derek's in last at 16 and eight. Both all of us have done a pretty nice job this year. We're all within striking distance, but uh, I think this is going to be a, maybe a little bit of a different week on picks. So we might see some separation here. All right. Well, let's get into them. The first game: Virginia at Notre Dame. Notre Dame is 12 and a half point favorites. Tyler. Last week, Notre Dame took it to Georgia and gave them all they could handle on the road. They ultimately lost 23-17. to Virginia was losing at halftime to Old Dominion. I, I think this game is going to be close. Virginia is really good against the run, and uh, the Irish haven't been great at running. But ultimately, I think Ian Brooke is too much for them to handle. I think Notre Dame was a close victory there. Derek? I tend to agree with you. I... The, the the spread's actually pretty big on this game, and I, I I think Virginia holds a close game with their D. Problem is, I don't think Virginia's offense is going to be able to score a lot on Notre Dame either. So I, I think Notre Dame probably pulls out a close victory, but I, I do think it'll be a closer game than what the uh, spread is. Yeah, I like Notre Dame also. I wasn't impressed with Virginia last week. They were playing from behind for a lot of that game. Uh, but, yeah, give me Notre Dame. All right, number two game, Minnesota at Purdue. Uh, this game is now a pick 'em, guys. Tyler. Well, you know, it's funny. No, Minnesota's undefeated, and Purdue is 1-2, and two, and yet I think Purdue is more impressive so far. Uh, Minnesota has played one possession games against Georgia Southern, Fresno State, and South Dakota State. Um, two weeks ago, Wando Moore had his worst offensive production of his career. I think he plays a little bit better, and Purdue wins this game. Derek? No way. Purdue is possibly the worst team in the Big Ten West right now. Everyone says Illinois is. I think Illinois is going to beat Purdue. Uh, I I think Purdue 
offensively cannot run the ball. They're only averaging 50 yards a game running the ball. They're one of the they're the second to last worst team in the country running the ball. Their defense is atrocious. They give up a crap ton of points. Uh, I Minnesota just they find a way to win the close ones. I think Minnesota comes in here and wins this game. Okay, uh, yeah, this, this game is probably the toughest that we have on the slate, and I, I've been going back and forth. I can I can uh, make co- reasons why each team will win here. But I'm just going with Purdue. I just think Purdue's uh, a little bit more battle-tested, uh, played better competition. Minnesota, man. God, so many. The few times I've seen Minnesota play, I'm just I'm never impressed with what they do. So I'm taking Purdue. USC at Washington. Washington is now 10-point favorites here, Tyler. I, I, two weeks ago, Washington lost to Cal. But they've been absolutely dominant since then. I, I got Washington in this game. I think Washington wins this game at home. Derek? Oh, I See, I struggled with this game a little more. Uh, I went against USC a couple times, and they've kind of screwed me a little bit. So, But I can't do it. The Huskies are probably – they have a better offense. They have the better defense. Uh I don't even know if USC's their second quarter, second string quarterbacks can be able to play this week as they lost him last week. Yeah. Uh, so they might be on their third string quarterback. I, I got to go Washington, but man, I, I wouldn't be surprised if USC finds a way to win it either. I'm with you. I, I'm taking Washington as well, but uh, USC, they've been surprising me all year. They're always they're uh, out doing what I think they can do. It's not hard. Uh, Fourth game, Washington State at Utah. Utah is five-point favorites now. They were six-and-a-half last night, so that line is coming down. Tyler? You know, this was actually the toughest, eh, arguably the toughest game for me to predict. I don't know what happened last week uh, with Washington State. I thought they had that UCLA game in the bag. Man, that, that was one of the craziest endings of a game. I caught the very ending of that with... Um, you know, Utah fu- or getting the fumble back when they, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Washington State uh, fumbling the ball and UCLA getting the fumble back and scoring with like 40 seconds left to win the game. Uh, but, it, you know, at the end of the day, I, I still think Utah at home, I'm still a little bit too much on them. Um, I got Utah in this game. Derek. You know, I I wanted to go Utah in this game, except – USC just manhandled these guys, and I think Washington State's got a way better offense than what than what USC does. And Utah has a really good defense, but they struggle to stop USC, which tells me I think Washington State's going to be able to move the ball on them. And their offense, Utah's offense, is not near good enough to keep up with with Washington State's offense. So I'm going Washington State in this game. I'm taking Washington State as well. Uh, they have the ability to score as many points as they want to. They give up a lot of points, too, so that's kind of scary. But uh, I think this will be a fun game. But give me Washington State. Uh, last game, Penn State at Maryland. This is a Friday night game. Penn State is six-and-a-half-point favorites. Tyler. Yeah, you know, I kind of stuttered on which game was the toughest. I had a hard time with this game, too. Um you know, Penn State's been really good, and then they had that pit game, and everyone was kind of like, ooh, maybe Penn State's not as good as we think. 
Well, then Pitt goes and beats UCF. I think that kind of makes me feel a little bit better about that game. And that game is actually what made me flip. I'm going to go with Penn State in this game. Derek? Maryland lost to Temple. I've lost all faith in Maryland. I don't know if they win another game the rest of the year. Penn State all the way. I think they win by double digits easy. Wow. I'll mark that down for best bets coming up. Hey. All right. I got Penn State also. Uh, You know, everybody, including me, especially me, I was completely into Maryland over their first two games where they were just putting up tons of points and tons of points. And then Temple happened, and it's like, uh uh-oh. It was a mirage. Uh, I think Maryland is going to be the Maryland that we thought they were going to be over the offseason at Penn State. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Derek. I'm with you. Penn State rolls. All right, let's talk about best bets. I'd prefer to skip it because I suck at this uh, segment. Uh, but, Tyler, go ahead and give us the updated standings here. Well, you suck. You haven't got one right all year. So, nope. uh, yep, I, I, I'm, I've lost a lot of money listening to you, Justin. Um, I'm 2-2. Two and two. Derek's 3-1. and one. Man, we need to get together and make our uh, listeners some money. So let's let's do it this week, guys. Let's go 3-0. Right. So, again, for the listeners, Best Bets is the segment where we pick the one game of our choosing against the spread. So let's uh, let's do it. Tyler, what's your best bet of the weekend? My best bet is Middle Tennessee plus 24 against Iowa. Middle Tennessee played Michigan under 19 points. Iowa, in the next two weeks after this game, have Michigan and Penn State. I don't think Iowa's going to be coming out here to show a lot. I think they play a pretty conservative game and that keeps the score pretty close i like middle tennessee to cover that spread 24 points is a lot there okay any thoughts there derek or do you just want to get into yours i i i i think i'll stay away from that one but uh i'll get into mine here i went this game's supposed to be a close game i i i, I didn't I, I there was a lot of games this week that I just couldn't decide for a long time. And there really games are not good this week. But so I finally went and I looked and I decided on Buffalo minus one over Miami of Ohio. <laughs> Miami of Ohio was completely beat up by Ohio State. And I'm not sure they're going to be ready to play Buffalo, who has a really good offense. And I think Buffalo should be able to win by more than one. All right, well, Derek, I'm about to give you your kiss of death here. God damn it. Because I had Buffalo over Miami. I locked it in uh, this afternoon. It was a pick when I locked that one in as well. Uh, This started like uh, Miami was one-and-a-half-point favorites, and I saw that line kind of moving. You know, I kind of – I knew what Miami – Miami, they've played some tough people. You know, Iowa, Cincinnati, Ohio State, they've been getting killed. Buffalo has that big win over Temple last week. I think this is uh, a good – I think this is a great game to pick, but that line is moving. Uh, you're seeing it minus one now, uh, Derek, for Buffalo. Uh, That's why I locked it in. Locked at. it in. Okay, so I got it as a pick em here, but it's. I think it's going to move to Buffalo's favor a little bit more, but this one definitely jumped out to me. And – God. Well, wel- welcome to your welcome to your first win, Justin. I, I hope so, I'm, man. I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring you with me. I'm gonna put you on my back. I'm gonna bring you with I, me. I need it, man. I need it. You know what? You know it's funny. If they win by one point, you push and I win. 
<laughs> so I'm hey, I'm okay with a push. I didn't lose money that way. Uh, uh, all right. Well, let's let's hope for me. I uh, get this shit corrected. Uh, all right. Now it's time for a score prediction contest. But but first, I need to ask you guys: How do you envision this game playing out here? Ohio State, they're 18 point favorites against Nebraska. Tyler. I think this is going to be a nail-biter of a game. I think there's way too much emotion in this game for it to be close. Uh, the over-under 67 on that game, I think the under is a safe bet. I think our defense comes out and does enough to keep it close. We're not going to shut them down. I, I think the bigger question mark is how much is our offense could do. Trivia fact, we are 20-0 and when we score 35 points. So if we can hit that 35-point mark, History shows that Scott Frost wins those games. So um, we'll get the score predictions there a bit, but I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring than a lot of the experts think. A little confused on where your 20 and 0 is coming from. In his career? Not at Nebraska. Okay. Okay. Uh, I. I think Nebraska can score on these on these guys. I don't think their defense is going to be quite as daunting as everybody thinks they are. Uh, I, I think that our balanced offense and Scott Frost's play calling can surprise them a little bit. Uh, at the end of the day, I'm not with you, Todd. I don't think our defense is going to be able to stop these guys as much. Uh, I, I have Nebraska losing a nail biter as well, but I have us losing 38 to 35. Tyler, did you give your score prediction? Might as well throw it out there. I didn't. Um, I, I heartbreak hotel. I got us uh, losing thirty-four to thirty-five. Wow. So I do not think we get to that thirty-five point, which has been crucial for Scott Frost. So I think um, I, I, I expect a heartbreaker in that regard. I, I just think the uh, the trend continues for Ohio State. I think they're going to get off to a fast start, and we're going to be playing from behind. I don't think we have the the depth to compete with Ohio State over the course of this game. Uh, special teams is going to be another huge factor where it's going to impact the game. Uh, I have Nebraska losing forty eight to twenty eight in this game. Wow. Derek, uh, so let me ask you this, Justin. Uh, you talk about uh, Ohio State starting out fast. With the exception of maybe, well, I'll say with with the exception of Illinois, Nebraska has done a very good job at starting out fast. So, what makes you think Nebraska can't start out fast as well? Have they been starting out fast? I mean, did they start out fast against South Alabama? Scored on the first drive. Okay, well, I mean, in the first half, I mean, I'm not talking about just the first very first possession. I'm just, I'm talking about over the over the first half, first quarter, first half, whatever. Uh, yeah, I think we've done a pretty pretty good job of starting out pretty fast. Okay. I I just don't see it. I mean, I don't... Just to say your score prediction one more time. 48 to 28, Ohio State wins. No, Derek, all I'm saying is uh, we there's been three teams that have taken Nebraska to the fourth quarter. Three teams. And every game that Ohio State plays, it's been over in the first qu- first half. Uh, I, I'm not a believer okay, okay. from what I've seen out of this team through four games so far. I am not impressed that uh, I don't think they're ready for this big stage here. Uh, under the lights with game day present, I think this is a really tall order. I mean, yeah, you know what? Hey, 
if I if this was my best bet, you know, I'd probably lose and I'll look like the fool next week. But I I'm not sure what you're seeing, Derek, that makes you think that Nebraska can compete with Ohio State. When when I asked you what advantage Nebraska has over Ohio State, you go to the intangibles talking about, oh, the stadium, under the lights, and college game day. I mean, those aren't reasons why Nebraska can compete because it's not the stadium and game day that's competing. I mean, it, it's the team. What does this team but the, have But that has advantage? an effect on the it game. It has an effect. But, I mean, what, what kind of effect? And Is that an 18-point, like, they're eighteen point favorites. Is that an eighteen point, you know, differential there? I, I don't know. And and this is the by far the best running offense they've faced. This is in in Nebraska's offense. You say what you want, Justin, but they've improved week by week. We went from two hundred and seventy six total yards the first week and two touchdowns. The next week we had four hundred and sixty nine total yards and four touchdowns. The third week, we had 525 yards and six touchdowns. Last week, we had 674 yards and six touchdowns. And that 674 is a little skewed in the fact that we had to kneel the ball on three downs. So, I mean, we had over 700 yards in that game at one point in time. So this offense has continued to improve, and I think they can continue that track. I I, I don't think they're going to fall back. I give them 28 points. I Look... At the end of the day, Ohio State has better athletes than any team that we've placed that, that we've faced so far. And, and and we have better athletes than they've faced. That's come on, really. The best team they have faced is Cincinnati. You don't think we have better athletes in Cincinnati? Yeah, yeah, sure. I don't. I, I, I don't know if it's light and day. I mean, I haven't seen anything out really? of this team that it's, that makes it a huge difference. Oh, it's absolutely a huge difference. Okay. Dude, I mean what what can I say? I I'm not I'm not buying I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid here yet, guys. I I need to see more out of this team where I think This that isn't can... even a Kool-Aid thing. You really Dude. don't think we have better athletes in Cincinnati? Hey, it's this a, isn't it's a Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid thing. thing. What, this what is, is a this is a straight up fact. You had the score at 35 to what 34? That was me. That's you. That's Tyler. What was? I've been at thirty-eight, thirty-five. Thirty-eight, thirty-five. Man. So you think that I'm that much of a fool that I think we can score one more touchdown than what you have, and I can hold hold them to two less touchdowns than you have? Yeah, I, I, I don't look. Let me ask you this, Derek. Eighteen points. Are you betting Nebraska in this game? Would you bet Nebraska? In this I would game? bet Nebraska before I bet Ohio State. But I haven't bet Nebraska all year, so I'm going to continue that trend no, and not bet Nebraska. Okay. Look, I, 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 can, I, I hope both of you I, are right. I hope it is that well, close. I, hope neither, I, I don't I think hope you none do. Of us are right. I hope none of us are right and we win this game. I, again, I, I go back to you could say it was a year ago. You could say all this. It, 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 we played them within a touchdown last year on the road. I, I do think this team under Scott Frost has been waiting the bump. If we don't have four turnovers and lose the penalty battle by almost 100 yards last week, we beat Illinois by four touchdowns. Okay? Are you singing a different tune if that doesn't happen? Are you sitting here and say, man, we just beat Illinois 63-21? to I mean, are you sitting there saying, okay, maybe we have a shot in this game? 
Well, of course my tune changes. That means that I've seen them actually demonstrate that they can uh, beat somebody without making the same mistakes that we keep seeing week after week after week. You can't say that. we. I mean, fumbles we obviously haven't been great in, but it's not like we've had four turnovers a game. That was the no, first no, game you're we right. did that. Right. That was the first time we and, did something like that. And, and penalties haven't been an issue until this week. So you have one game blip. I, I get it. So look at this season so far. Okay, South Alabama, defense played great. Offense didn't look not great. Colorado, for almost three and a half plus quarters, we looked dominant in that game. Okay. It happened. We we let it go. You know, that stuff happens in college football. It happened to Ohio State the year they won the national championship against Virginia Tech. Hey, it just we, happened it just happened to Washington State with just UCLA. Happened to Washington State. Right. Okay. Northern Illinois. Dominant. I think Northern Illinois is an okay to good football team. And then Illinois, we put up almost seven hundred yards total offense. We gave up three hundred yards. The score is the score, and that's why we're in this predicament. But you know what? That was a game that I think really tested this team. Again, if our special teams are in a little bit better spot, I'd probably pick Nebraska to win this game. But they're not, and I don't think that we're going to have those fixed. And it's going to come down, I think, to a missed extra point somewhere in the game. And unfortunately, I don't think we're going to recover from that. I just don't think we can afford a blip like that. Tyler, you are you and I are on the same page. I think it comes down to special teams too. I just don't know if we can kick a field goal to tie it up. No, oh. yeah, there's that, there's that. I mean, look, I, I I hope you guys are right that we can actually compete. You know what? Regardless of the score, because I would take a you know less than a one possession game, a one possession game against Ohio State because I think Ohio State's a lot better than they were last year. I haven't seen. The advancements on Nebraska's side yet to make me think that they've taken that next step. I mean, I I know you guys are like throwing out some examples here, but I'm looking at the the full course of the entire game. There's sure they got a little bit of this and that going throughout the game, but it's the whole game, guys. The whole freaking game, but and they're not putting it together. Here's, they haven't. Here's they the have here's not. the thing. Ohio State through the first four games last year looked the same. They looked like they were completely dominant, like nobody was going to hold on to them. And all of a sudden, a six and six Purdue team stomped a mud hole in them. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's hard to win on the road. It's really hard we're, to we're, win at Memorial Stadium. Uh, again, it, I hope we're all wrong. I hope we all miss this game and Nebraska wins. We all do on this podcast. Um, before we get hate mail about how we all picked Ohio State. Um, you know, I, I I do think this is a game. I just, man, Barrett Pickering, man, who would have thought going into the year that that would be the guy that we're sitting here saying, come back, please, because we really miss him right now. Absolutely. All right, we're running late, guys. Let's uh, get through last call fairly quick. Last call to you, Tyler. My last call goes out to Nebraska Volleyball. Uh, Nebraska Volleyball lost a, I don't want to call it a heartbreaker game against Stanford and a repeat of the national title game. Um, but but they, they kind of got beat up against Stanford last week um, on Wednesday night. But I'll tell you what, I really enjoyed watching that volleyball game. That was a lot of fun to watch. Um, so I, I'm hoping the Huskers rebound. That was I, I'm already getting my uh, postseason volleyball vibe on. So, you know, let's go Huskers and let's rebound from that loss. Derek. Yeah, let's hope we can get them in the playoffs and beat the shit out of them in the playoffs. Uh I don't have a lot of concerns with the volleyball team, so I think they'll 
bounce back just fine. Yeah, I just like the fact that it's on TV this early in the year, so that's pretty cool. Last call to you, Derek. All right, so Houston's quarterback, Derek King, apparently has decided to sit out the rest of the season. Originally, it sounded like he was going to transfer. Now it sounds like he's just going to sit out in red shirt. I'm not really sure what's going on with this kid. It doesn't sound like injury or anything. I think he's just not happy with where Houston's at. So It's a, it's a weird story, man. Uh, you know, now he's saying that, you know, he wants to complete his degree, which is very admirable. I really... I really think that's cool, but man, is he setting himself up for a transfer? I mean, that's what it seems like to me. Uh, he's saying all these good things to get underneath the good graces of Holgerson there, but man, you got to think once he gets his degree, he's hauling ass, right? There, there, there's a, there's a lot of speculation that he is the quarterback for Oklahoma next year after Jalen Hurts is gone. So, jeez, well, we'll see what happens. Tyler. I agree with uh, Derek. I think he's going to Oklahoma. I I don't know why you make this move. Like, what are you holding on to? Like, are you is your goal to come back and run it back again with Houston next year, and that somehow Houston is going to be a you know a national championship contender or something? I I don't get it. Um, you know, I I this is a weird move, and um, I'm really anxious to sit uh, see this play out. My bet he's at Oklahoma next year. Yeah, if, if I'm not mistaken, I thought I saw where another Houston player was doing the exact same thing, benching themselves so they could come back next year. So whether it's there or Oklahoma, whatever, it's. A weird I, I kind of wonder. I kind of wonder if Derek King don't go pro after this season. He's just saving himself for the pros. Well, that's a weird way to but. do it. All right, hey, last call to me, and my last call got has to go out to Jim Harbaugh. Man, after last week's game where Michigan got killed by Wisconsin, his final score was 35-14, but it was 35 nothing for a while. I mean, it was – was it 35 nothing? It was a blowout. It was a damn blowout. It was 28 28 nothing. okay. It was a damn blowout. And now all of those Michigan fans – I think uh, Jim Harbaugh is more hated in Michigan than Mike Riley ever was at Nebraska. Derek or Tyler? Oh, oh. Tyler. False. 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 Lies. False. Lies. I, I, he, he is not more hated than Mike Riley was, but, man, that, that seat went from, like, yeah, it, it was a little bit more the room temperature to a pretty warm seat pretty quickly. He needs to turn it around or things are going to get pretty interesting in Ann Arbor. Derek? Mike Riley was more hated than Satan in heaven. That's not true, man. There's no, that is very true. Justin, you sent out a, tw- a tweet to, for a poll question whether we should fire him after the Northern Illinois game that had Tyler so pissed off he quit following the, the, our own Twitter page. <laughs> Don't give me that shit. No way. But everybody Just, loved right Mike now, as a person. They loved him. Yeah, but they hated him as Nebraska's head coach. Yeah. I don't think I don't think Michigan fans are hating Harbaugh as a person. They're just hating where he's going with the program. Uh, he's got a long year ahead of him. He better start winning some games. And I'm afraid that uh, the Ohio State game is now going to depend on his job. Well, you guys can all thank me because I gave Michigan the kiss of death in the beginning of the year when I picked Michigan to win the Big Ten and make the college football playoff. So you're welcome. They could still do it. They could still. You're right. They could. It's not looking good for them. All right. Hey, uh, let's get out of here. Great show, guys. And let's kick some uh, Buckeye ass this weekend. 
Hey, special thanks to Connor Russell for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuzcast on Twitter, at Husker Cuzcast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and now BigHeadsMedia.com. Rate, review, and subscribe. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. We'll see you next week as we recap Ohio State and preview uh, Northwestern, right? And as always, go Big Red. Now he throws for a first down.